Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. Maybe you're listening to this now because you missed the live version Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by these sponsors, which I am extremely grateful for. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Their website, thebbqguru.com. Big Papa Smokers, creators of some of the best rubs out there and retailer of many different grills and barbecue products. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. Butcher's Barbecue, creators of injections, rubs, and seasonings. Their website, butchersbbq.com. Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. And their website is greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookshack, some of the best industrial electric smokers out there today. Also pellet cookers as well. Their website is cookshack.com. Cookinpellets.com. If you want to fire those pellet cookers that I just talked about, visit cookinpellets.com to buy your pellets right now. Also by the Chops Power Injector. Forget about using one needle to inject your meats. The Chops Power Injector system has four needles for your injecting pleasure. You can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, KansasCity.com. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour for results, to register your team, or to see where the next event will be taking place. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and efficient cookers out there in the market right now. Visit their website at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Unknown Barbecue Accessories. You can visit them at unknownbbq.com slash shop. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh, should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. It's a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to what? the Barbecue Central Show. Thank you, Helen. Weird. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes, 12 minutes from now, usually the third Tuesday of the month, regularly scheduled guest, a barbecue hall of famer, multiple-time best-selling cookbook author to the tune of millions and millions of copies sold. Maybe tens of millions at this point. He is also a barbecue cooking class instructor and a TV show host. 
But most importantly, he's a friend of this show. You know him as Stephen Reichler. Turkey Talk coming up. 9.35. I think one of my least favorite ways of live fire cooking is shish kebab. I've never understood shish kebab. I don't understand the fascination with shish kebab. Shish kebab continues to be non-efficient, not really fun. You can kind of burn yourself a lot. That's fun. But other than that, I don't really know what the deal is with shish kebab. Well, my guest at 9.35 is going to impart his plea for his product that may or may not change your mind about barbecue and shish kebabbing. It's called the Unkebab, and Brad Markison will be joining us. Unkebab. Search the Internet for that so you can see what we're talking about before we actually do it in about half an hour's time. And then we'll move to the second hour at 10.14 and really just confirmed within the last 15 minutes. You would remember a year ago at this point, I was, I think I had DivaQ on lockdown. And then I had Lauren Hill from the Smokin' Hills who was competing at the final table of the, war, of the World Food Championships. And was like, hey, if you win, shoot me a message at some point in the first hour if you can actually hook it up in the second hour to talk about the win. And I was lucky enough to get a little bit more advanced notice. The guy that won barbecue at the World Food Championships and finished fourth overall literally hours ago, the pitmaster of Old Virginia Smoke, Luke Darnell, is confirmed. And we will talk to him about this past week's event down in Alabama and the World Food Championships and all that fun stuff. By the way, I think for like... Has it? I think it's been every single time. While it hasn't been barbecue being the competition or the event that takes over and above Grand Championship like it did last year, I think every other winner has some type of barbecue competition tie back. So inevitably, every single cook, unless I'm missing something incredibly off base, because even the guy that won it with carrot cake like three years ago is a barbecue competitor. And he didn't get in on barbecue competition or something like that. And he was also entered in dessert. And Carrot Cake took the World Food Championships that year. I think that was the year that Pit, uh, that pit Maker came in second with succulently cooked chicken or brisket or whatever it was. So, um, again, unless I'm wildly mistaken, everybody that has ever won the World Food Championships overall final table has some tie back to the competition barbecue realm this year no different steak won it it's five o'clock somewhere uh carrie luke barbecue competitor so there you go luke darnell confirmed ten fourteen, and then helping me close the show tonight at ten thirty five. uh he is a barbecue pit master but we're probably not going to be talking too much about that Instead, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite food, if not my favorite food ever, pizza, and specifically his brand of pizza cooker or oven that you're going to want to be paying attention to in about an hour and 25, hour and 30 minutes from now. Brian Brian Dodd from Who's Smoking is going to be talking about the Uni Pizza Oven. Uni. You, 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 you. Well, I've confused myself now. U-U-N-I, Uni Pizza Oven, check it out. Runs on pellets. It's going to be a fun conversation, especially if you don't have 
thousands of dollars. You know what I'm saying? All right, everybody, the show's live. Tell everybody to go to OutdoorCookingChannel.com slash watch now to watch it via video stream if you want. You can also get it on Roku as well. Or send everybody to my website, TheBBQCentralShow.com, to listen to it. A number of you were emailing me over the course of the week going, hey, what the hell is going on with guests just dropping out with any notice? And, yeah, let's start a task force to get to work on why this has been happening over the last handful of weeks. I get it, right? It's not good for you to tune in and not get what you are hoping for. It is not good for me to have to whip up a segment from scratch multiple weeks in a row. Once and you know, every once in a while here or there, a well-placed, spaced out, you know, but the next guest doesn't fall out for like five and six months. That's one thing. I'm pretty good making up a segment on the fly. Usually there's stuff that I don't get to in the show that kind of collects and backlogs and it's topical regardless of when I actually get it out. But when it happens multiple weeks in a row, that backlog of filler information gets run through pretty right quick. So I would rather not have that happen multiple weeks in a row just like you would not like to have that happen, especially last week. Kenji Lopez-Alt, widely considered to be a food and uh, cooking guru. So we're trying to reschedule him. We'll see how that goes. He's very busy, I understand. He forgot. uh, Don't forget, last Tuesday was the election. Some people were actually wrapped up and involved with that. Uh, Kenji said that that was ultimately his demise on why he just totally spaced out on the show because he was too concerned with the election stuff. I think that's poppycock. Forget the election crap. Somebody was going to win. There's no surprise. Somebody was going to win. There's two people running. Well, multiple people running. But somebody was going to win. There's no surprise there. You should show up for the show because you never know what's going to happen for that. And to that end, again, special thanks to Sterling Ball for just showing up out of nowhere last week. And I put him kind of in a bad spot. And he carried the segment right off the cuff like B-O-B-O, insider reference. Some of you will get it. Certainly, we talked about some things that are kind of in his wheelhouse. But look, it's not easy to get cold called, jump on a show, and pull it off like that. And if you think it is, just call in for an impromptu interview and see how that goes. Many of you, it will not go so well. Some of you... You're well-spoken. You know how to think on your feet. You can riff. You can vamp. You got the vibe. You have the gift of gab, all this good stuff. The majority of us do not have that. So don't think that it was just easy for Sterling to pull off. Uh, You got to know what you're talking about. You got to know how to talk. And you got to be non-afraid to bring your opinions across to the general listening public. And that's hard for a lot of people to do as well. So... Uh, it's it's tougher than you think, and he came up aces once again on the show, and it's certainly something uh, from a host's perspective that I appreciate. And it wasn't necessarily to you know sit there and lambaste people that seemed to be unappreciative of the fact that they didn't get invited to his King of the Smoker Invitational Tournament. Uh, more to shed a little light and background on that particular contest, how it has evolved, what's entailed with it. And then more importantly to talk about some of the sponsors that really seem to be stepping up uh, not only for him and his particular interests in competition barbecue, 
that being the guinea pig and king of the smoker, but uh, from a high-level sense as well. And that's what uh, Smithfield is doing for him, so I wanted to make sure that he got some time bailing my rear end out of a segment to uh, talk about the people that are important to him, right? Everybody talks about how barbecue's the next NASCAR, and when you talk to anybody NASCAR, they show up on time, they're professional, they mention all their sponsors. So there you go. All right, Stephen Reichlin coming up out of the break. Speaking of Big Papa Smokers, let me talk to you quickly about them. The one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa's has made a name for itself in recent years by winning an award-winning line of championship or by creating an award-winning line of championship rubs. I think they've run almost every major barbecue competition, period. BPS also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the vaunted West Coast offense defying conventional wisdom. These two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created their two unique competitions, as we just talked about, King of the Smoker, taking place here in just a few short weeks. That takes the best of the best in barbecue and a head-to-head back-to-basics competition. King of the Smoker, unique in the fact that this contest doesn't allow any electric devices or pellet cookers or pit miners. Contestants just allowed to use charcoal wood in their wits to win one of the most high-stakes barbecue competitions around. Then you have the guinea pig. That's a cost-controlled competition that helps bring in newcomers to competitive barbecue. Also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category and helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of barbecue and keep vets as well. Everybody wants to get paid. On top of all that, Big Papa's created the unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie competition barbecue and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, Big Papa's has been able to do all this with only six years of being in the biz, turning competition barbecue on its head, creating their unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain called BJ's Restaurant and Brewhouse, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. first and foremost. Just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. Big news coming early next year as well. If all things go right, we'll have Sterling on to talk about that. Assuming that it does, and I have no reason to believe that it won't. The website to go buy his stuff, amongst many other items that are retailed, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. We will be back with Stephen Reichlin right after that to get you ready for Thanksgiving and talk about some other things. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe.
All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. If you're looking for something medium-sized, they got you covered there, too. Something to take on tailgates. Sure. They can even supply you with pellets to fire those cookers as well. You can check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grills. You could love yours as well if you just visit the website. I mean, what's keeping you? All right. My first guest seen here every third Tuesday of the month. A 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, a TV show host, a barbecue cooking class instructor, multiple-time author, and, of course, as we say each and every month, most importantly, friend of this show, Stephen Reichland joining me here. Stephen, how are you, buddy? Doing great. How about yourself? Absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Appreciate you making time, as always. And we got a lot of different places to run here, so uh, we will dive headlong right into it. Obviously... Uh, a, a little over a week, Thanksgiving coming up. A lot of people uh, always talk about the daunting task of getting ready and making sure that we don't screw up the chicken, uh, the chicken, the turkey, because uh, you know, for, yeah, there's the big. That's the first problem. You're cooking chicken when you should be cooking turkey, right? So, um, you know, there, there's always seems to be that pressure that, for whatever reason. We don't really eat a lot of turkey when it's not Thanksgiving and maybe Christmas. So you get that added pressure of not wanting to screw it up and you're not used to it. So I guess first and foremost, let's talk about turkey, uh, tips, techniques, anything you might be doing special for this Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Well, you know, you raised two good points there, uh, Greg. And first is we tend to cook and eat all of our turkeys on one day. A couple of statistics. I think it's something like over 80% of Americans will eat turkey uh, on Thanksgiving. That's pretty amazing when you think of what a diverse melting pot culture we are. Um, And you're right, it's not something we tend to do out of season. Uh, For me, the easiest, most fail-proof way to do it is brine the bird and then smoke roast it. Notice I said smoke roast, not smoke. When you cook a turkey or any poultry low and slow, you wind up with rubbery skin, uh, perhaps moist meat. But for me, the skin is very much a, uh, a part of the turkey uh, pleasure. So I cook my turkeys around 325 uh, degrees, uh, brine for 24 hours in a bourbon brine or a cognac brine, uh, start basting uh, after an hour and a half with butter, and um, – they always come out moist. They always come out beautiful. Uh, I'm not a big partisan. You're hearing a lot about spatchcocking a turkey these days. Not a big partisan of that. Uh, you know, as I've said many times on the show, you eat with your eyes as well as your palate. And this is one holiday where you want a beautiful centerpiece. When you talk about the skin being important to you, is that something that you uh, consume as a uh, appetizer of sorts as the turkey's resting? You cut a little of that skin off, maybe a little salt on there, throw it down with a little uh, beer or libation. Like, how do you eat it? Well, I very generously salt my bird to begin with, so the skin doesn't need salting. Um, I have a, a devil and an angel on my shoulder, right? And the angel says, save the skin for everybody, make sure everybody gets a little. The devil wants to just go... Rip it off. Take that as the uh, the uh, my prerogative before the turkey gets gets to anybody else. Most of the time, my uh, good conscience wins. Are you someone that is leaned on or to to prepare the meal, or is it kind of a everybody pitches in to help Stephen type of a thing? 
Well, uh, in recent years, my daughter has sort of taken over hosting Thanksgiving, but I do do the turkeys. I usually do two. I usually do one, the tried and true method, and then the other, I try a new experimental method. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was spit roasting, which gives you a fantastic turkey. Uh, this year, what I'm going to be doing with one of them is uh, worming my hand underneath the skin, separating it from the body of the turkey, and putting herb butter under the skin. It's an absolutely fantastic way to cook a turkey. By the way, uh, at barbecuebible.com, uh, uh, you know, we've been leading up to this. So last Friday's uh, blog was about side dishes, the favorite Reichland side dishes for Thanksgiving. Uh, today's blog is on a turchetta, uh, which is sort of how you would say Thanksgiving in Italian. It's uh, a turkey breast that is boned out. And uh, and stuff with a paste of sage, rosemary, orange peel, fennel, salt, lots of salt, tied back together and roasted in a roll and cut. And sort of ostensibly, uh, if you have a small group and you don't want to cook a whole turkey, it's a great dish. I mean, in fact, even when it's a small group at my house, it's always a whole bird because I just I love the ceremony of a whole bird. I'm seeing some of this in the chat room, and I wanted to get your take on it as well, Stephen. If you're going to have a collective of people, do you subscribe to multiple smaller birds or one big-ass bird for extra awe and presentation? You know, uh, I personally cook a couple of smaller birds rather than one big bird. First of all, I think it's more tender. Second of all, I think it's easier to control the cooking. Uh Third of all, you know, if you're a guy who's always trying new stuff and experimenting like I am, it's, uh, I think last year, a couple of years ago, I took three, I cooked three turkeys, did them all different ways. One of them was an heirloom turkey, uh, turkey that would have, the way it would have looked a hundred years ago with uh, a breast that was not grotesquely inflated, but more in proportion to the rest of the animal. Great flavor. Uh, so, you know, that's me. In the end, turkey is kind of bland uh, if you aren't helping it along in the flavor ways of the world. Uh, what are the best ways for you to kind of help uh, bring about an extra flavor or an extra oomph on the palate when you're consuming? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know that I agree with that statement. I think turkey is very flavorful. It's a flavor I love. Um, I don't think you know, I don't think turkey needs a lot of work. Uh, I happen to love the flavor the way it is. However, I mean, I always do some sort of gravy or jus, and very often when I'm smoke roasting this turkey, I'll put chicken or turkey stock in a shallow pan to smoke along right side the right alongside the turkey. So you you know that becomes the base of your gravy. You had mentioned sides here a couple minutes ago, and sometimes sides take on just as much of a starring role as the main dish of turkey itself. So uh, what are some of your favorite sides, whether it be traditional or outside of the box, or maybe both? Uh, Well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, One that I'm real excited about that uh, we blogged on last week, it's called a salt slab uh, squash. And you cut an acorn squash or a couple squashes in half, and roast them on a salt slab on the grill, cut side down uh, until they're squeezably soft. Then you turn them over, and the stuffing, it's sort of a saute of uh, a bacon, pecans, uh, dried cranberries, uh, herbs, 
uh, butter, maple syrup, that goes inside, and then you sort of finish it off with the squash halves upright. That's really neat. Uh, you know, if anybody's inclined to do like a cream corn, we like that even though corn is not uh, really in season, but you still get corn. So that I either grill the corn, get the kernels super dark, so you get kind of this uh, uh, sweet caramel flavor, or else I'll smoke the, uh, the kernels of corn. That's a popular dish with us. Uh, cranberry sauce, we're always doing a riff on that uh, kind of thing. My latest one was a cranberry salsa. Uh, electrified with jalapeno chilies. And uh, finally, the old bacon bourbon apple crisp for dessert. Pretty hard to beat that. No mashed potatoes? Yeah, there'll be mashed potatoes. And uh, what is my uh, my twist on that? Um, I, actually, I'm a, I'm a more of a roast potato than a mashed potato guy. So, you know, cut them in eighths uh, in a pan or on the plancha in the smoker. You get some smoke on them, mix them with sweet potatoes. So you feel like you're eating something healthy along with something white. So 80, getting hungry. 80, yeah, no doubt. Eighty percent of people are going to consume turkey. I would imagine uh, Actually, the ma- it's like eighty-eight percent. It's it's a really crazy high number. A, a wide majority. So is it safe to assume that the other or that the majority of the minority are going to be eating ham? Then, you know, that's a good question. Uh, I would assume that the minority, if it's about eight percent, are vegetarians, and they're going to be doing whatever vegetarians do on Thanksgiving. Eat salad. Uh, what is that? I think vegetarian. I think we're like what about six eight percent vegetarian in the American um, population. Uh, not that you should have a thought on it, I guess. Uh, and your daughter's, uh, you know, very well respected in the dietary world. Uh, what do you, what's your take on uh, on vegan and vegetarian and all that stuff? Well. Uh, I'm obviously not there. Uh, I respect it. I actually wrote a vegetarian cookbook many years ago and I love the way that focused my creativity and a couple, uh, it hasn't come out in the United States yet, but a couple of my foreign publishers have published Reichland vegetarian cookbooks. And what they've done is sort of taken meatless dishes from all of my books and done anthologies. You can buy that in French, you can buy it in German, you can buy it in Dutch, um, uh, you know, for me, I mean, we're, I, I want to enjoy everything there is to eat. So to eliminate a whole class of foods, that, that just wouldn't be what I do. Uh, for Christmas, are you a ham guy or will you – a lot of people will double down, you know, turkey for the two big days of the year and they have them in successive months. Well, actually, I'm more a latke guy than a ham guy. Uh, at Christmas, latkes, of course, uh, potato pancakes that Jewish people eat for uh, – Hanukkah, uh, but we did feature, it's, I call it my double smoked ham. Uh, it's, uh, it's out of, uh, the project smoke cookbook. And what you do on that, it's a brined ham. And I, uh, for, for the ham, I actually use a, a picnic shoulder because it's a little bit more manageable in size. And first it's cold smoke for 24 hours. And then it's hot smoked. Either you do it on a uh, a ceramic cooker. You can do it in a water smoker, and um, and so it comes out as a cooked ham. But that 24 hours of cold smoking just gives you this unbelievable foundation of smoke flavor. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show. You can find him at barbecuebible.com. Uh, I don't want to harshly transition out of Thanksgiving, but I guess before we leave the topic, um, desserts or, or any other like. Final thoughts on it before we uh, get into it in about a week. 
Well, I'll tell you what. Here's something that's in my imagination, and I haven't executed it yet. But, uh, you know, I'm very much into what I call caveman grilling, yes. where you lay foods directly on the embers. So uh, last year, I took a pumpkin, and I laid it on the embers, and I charred it completely on all sides. And then I scraped off the burnt skin, and I cut the flesh. And I actually used it, like, more as a vegetable. But I'm betting if you did that and made a classic pumpkin pie, it would be the most insane, unbelievable pumpkin pie you'd ever taste. All right, so this isn't the first time I've showed my ass to Stephen Reichland here on the show. Uh, when you're making a pumpkin pie, uh, obviously I know there's some portion of pumpkin that goes into it, but like, what's, what's in the pumpkin pie from the pumpkin? Uh, it's all the flesh. You take your pumpkin, you scrape out the seeds, which if you have you know, patience, you separate from all the sticky stuff. Toss them with oil and either uh, fry them or bake them in the oven. That's really great. Uh, but um, it's the flesh. It's you. It's like you a know, pepper. Then you're doing what you would do to a pepper with a pumpkin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that t that tastes good. Oh, it's amazing. Really? Like, will, will you cut up chunks of pumpkin and eat it? Oh, I I mean, I will take pumpkin. I'll brush it with oil, salt, and pepper. I'll direct grill it. I'll indirect grill it. I'll baste it with maple syrup. Wow. Dip it in maple sugar and roast it. Uh, yeah, I mean, think of pumpkin as like uh, it's it's like an orange acorn squash. I, I'm completely blown. Just when I think I've known Stephen Reichland for years, he says something that completely washes over me that I've – I, hey, I, we're gonna I, get together sometime. I got, you know, oh, I gotta got indoctrinate you. The more and more we talk, I don't. I think I'm too embarrassed to actually hang out with you in person. Uh, I, I we just cut them up and stick candles in them for two or three days for uh, for Halloween, and that's it. I've never thought about like eating it. That that seems to be a little bit more environmentally know, sound as well. But remember, but remember, historically, I mean, you wow. know, pumpkins were one of the New World foods, and in the 17th, 18th, and 19th century. Uh, they were used, people made pumpkin butter, like an apple butter. People made pumpkin beer. Uh, I bet people in the fall, they, they ate stewed pumpkin, roasted pumpkin, you know, until they could barely uh, stand the sight of it. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show. All right, so uh, there's your Thanksgiving dose uh, for the month of November. Uh, let me ask you a question. There seems to be – so we all know about how popular bacon has been, and I thought it was going to, like, ride about a year of popularity. That year has turned into, like, six or seven years of crazy yeah. popularity. But yeah. now I see a trend of pork belly coming into any and all markets, from the highest-end restaurants literally to Arby's. Why yep. do you think this is taking off? What's the deal? Well, I think, first of all, um, because it's cheap. And it costs a heck of a lot less than a pork shoulder or pork chop or pork loin. And second of all, I mean, you know, the way things work in America is that fine dining chefs will sort of introduce a meat. Think of the short rib, right? The beef short rib, which is everywhere now. It's completely ubiquitous. Yeah. But chefs start it. In our case, you know, I think there's so much interest in Korean barbecue and uh, grilled pork belly is uh, – Definitely a Korean thing. Interestingly, they don't smoke it or slow roast it. They actually cut it in slices and grill it over a high heat. Um, and then it gradually, you know, it trickles down to sort of mid-range restaurants and then, you know, fast food joints. Uh, like think of the 
slider too. Sliders used to be very exclusive, you know. And we'll put it. I mean, the slider started at White Castle, right? But it used to be sort of high-end restaurants would do lobster sliders and wagyu beef sliders, and you know, now those those are everywhere too. For, like, will you get a Arby's? Uh, pork belly sandwich just to see what it's like or like will you not lower to a certain point well you know um I, i'm not a fast food guy and i don't mean to sound like it's not but it's just not part of my world not something i do so i i would not do that talk to me about I still, yeah, I, i'll be honest with you yeah. i still have not forgiven arby's you're too young to remember but there was a time when arby's actually made its roast beef with real roast beef Really, and when really? I when I was a teenager, I used to eat those things like crazy, and they had sesame seeds on the bun. And then, and then, at some point in my late teenage years, they switched to this extruded roast beef like product that they serve now, and that was it. Lost Stephen Reichlin for life. Wow. Right. <laughs> um, talk to me uh, in the remaining time uh, about season two of Project Smoke. Um, you know what you were. Uh, getting feedback-wise uh, from the people at the network, and then also, I guess, you know, from a host standpoint, when you're walking around town and people stop and talk to you, uh, what kind of a feedback are you getting from the actual viewing audience? Um, getting terrific feedback. I love it. I've been traveling a lot lately. You know, I travel a lot all the time, and, uh, you know, people stop me in airports. Uh, I'm, I mean, pretty much wherever I go. I think the biggest kick about that is the uh, Primal Grill, my previous show, airs in Italy. So last fall, we spent a month in Italy. And everywhere we went, people were just, you know, pointing, stopping, saying buongiorno. They call me Il Mago del Grill in Italy, which means the magician or the wizard of the grill. Oh. Um, I think uh, what people like, I, you know, when I launched the show, I think, smoking was just about to go from sort of the barbecue subculture into the American mainstream. And what I'm hearing from people now is, yeah, I tried the smoking thing. It's really easy. It's really satisfying. It's really amazing. Uh, I've added a smoker to my collection. So I no longer just have a grill, but I have a smoker, uh, might be a ceramic cooker. Uh, just heard from a lady today that, you know, has an electric smoker because, uh, it's, she doesn't have – she can't burn wood and charcoal. Um, so it's uh, it's really been very gratifying, and we're uh, working on season three of Project Smoke, and I'm going to bring a little bit more grilling into season three. Uh, and, um, you know, it's uh, – for me, it's always about sort of um, pushing the envelope. I mean, we do the traditional dishes, the icons, and then how far can you push it? more I think about that uh, pumpkin – ember roasted pumpkin pie that i told you about i gotta make that i was first indoctrinated to the world of stephen reichland through pbs and barbecue university uh, on that tv side and then watched the progressions of shows so as a guy who has hosted all of these shows at various locations uh, do you have to take one uh, or each one individually and say this is what was favored about this and this is what's favored about that or, or do you have a favorite version of whatever cooking show you were doing is kind of like uh, the pinnacle and not that the other ones are any worse or better, but this was kind of where it always kind of comes back for you. Well, I think um, project smoke is definitely 
Um, I'm having more fun with Project Smoke than ever before. We did something with Project Smoke. We broke down what's called the uh, the fourth wall in theater, and that means that you see behind the scenes, and you see it's it's a show about smoking, but it's also a show about making a show about smoking. Right. And I love the fact that viewers are getting to watch our field kitchen and our stylist and our tech people and our fire wranglers. And it's not just about me, a guy behind a counter showing how to do it, but you're getting to see this whole amazing team of 20 people that come together to make the show possible. So far and away, that is uh, my favorite thing about uh, – this is my favorite show, and that is the reason for it. All right, so season three is going to happen, and you will see Stephen Reichlin here again next month. He's the third Tuesday of the month guest, and you can find him at barbecuebible.com. ProjectSmoke.org, by the way, is a TV show website. Stephen, always appreciate the time you give to the show, and happy Thanksgiving to you next week, my friend. Thank you. You too. You ask great questions, and uh, wishing you and all your viewers a very happy holiday. Thank you very much. There he is, Stephen Reichlin. From Barbecue Bible and Project Smoke. How about that? Yeah. Did I cut that off way quick? I sure did. Wow. I'm not very good. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Butcher's Barbecue. Head on over right now, butcherbbq.com. Do it now. You're going to thank me later. So what do we know about Butcher's Barbecue? We all know about the injections. Superior competitors use them. Backyard people use them. Everybody's always clamoring about how well they work. My scores have increased. I finally got a call. My neighbors are giving me high fives now. All the good stuff. Then you have the tried and true rubs. Honey rub, the steak and brisket rub. You got the new rubs that are out. The pecan, the cherry. The Dave's Secret Triple Masterful Secret Blend. And the Chipotle Blend. And the sauce. Sauce is really good all on its own, right? It's one of my favorite bottled sauces right now, uh, like on the market, unless it's mine. Mine is my favorite. Otherwise, we're looking at Dave. It's 1A, 1B. And Dave's sauce can be good all by itself. Women love it. Men love it. Whoever. Or you can base sauce it. Use it as a base and then just go crazy from there. Now, the thing I've been talking about and been so passionate about so much so, and Dave can uh, legitimize this, that I just reordered a case of grilling oil. It just showed up about four days ago, just in time. This stuff is so versatile. Uh, this, uh, this evening for dinner, I had leftover turkey that I smoked up over the weekend, which you saw on my Facebook and Instagram page if you follow me on social media. I drop a little grilling oil in the pan. I cut up thinly turkey breast slices, and then I fry them up real quick, and then I kind of make a uh, wheat bread turkey melt. American cheese on both ends, the turkey in the middle, grilling oil on the bread, but also when I'm uh, frying up that turkey to get it just crispy, get it to get a nice little sear, and then putting it in my mouth. It's delicious, but... I use it when I'm making eggs. I use it when I'm going to make French toast. I Anytime I need some type of butter. In the morning, I make my daughter uh, pasta noodles for lunch, okay? I put real butter at the bottom, and then after I get the hot noodles in, a little douse of grilling oil butter flavor on the top that keeps the individual noodles separate. They don't stick together and adds a nice layer of butter flavor. A little salt on top, it's great. Come on. 
This stuff is phenomenal. It comes in three different flavors. The butter flavor, which is my favorite. You also have Chipotle. You also have Steakhouse as well. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Try the grilling oil. Let me know what you think. Try everything else, but try the grilling oil if you haven't yet. It's revolutionary. Just keep it out. You don't have to put it in the refrigerator. Nothing like that. All right, we are back with the non-kebab. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. People looking to put me in the 12-step program for grilling oil. Come on. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. Easiest thing to do is download the CookinPellets.com app. And you can be kept up to speed on any special shipping rates that Amazon might offer or that Cooking Pellets might offer as well. Again, the website, cookingpellets.com. That's cookingpellets.com. All right, gang, if you know me, you know my complete disinterest in this whole kebab, uh, kebab deal. And, uh, you know, I, I've never really understood it, never thought that there was any real good way to execute it. Many have tried to build that better mousetrap, but nothing has really jumped out to me. But my next guest is going to try to break that cycle. And here to tell you about his product, the Unkebab, his first timer to the show. Let's go ahead and welcome Brad Markison. Brad, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you, Greg? Absolutely fabulous, Brad. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight. And I guess before we get into the Unkebab, if you could kind of give me a little background about you and, uh, you know, what your uh, professional interest is, maybe if uh, Unkebab is like the full-time job or if you're like a lot of us that do something during the day and uh, hope to break through on the barbecue side at some point in the future. Nope. Uh, been manufacturing engineering for many, many years and um, have been an entrepreneur at heart, have several other products that are patented, um, but nothing's ever led itself to the the mass markets like the barbecue can has. Um, the product that we call the Unkebab, that's a food product that we make with the barbecue can. Um, it eliminates all the having to mess with the skewers and things sticking to the grill and great, rotating them around, falling off. But the barbecue can allows you to cook a lot of different food products. Um, we developed it based on cooking nuts, smaller snack items and stuff. And there really wasn't anything out there in the market that allowed you to do it. Well, the barbecue can is very simple. I'll hold it up there so you can see it kind of in this position here. Um, has a one-way locking bale. You open the bale, remove the lid, fill it with the food product that you want to cook. Put the lid back on, lock the bale. That way it eliminates any of the food product falling out down through the grill and grate. Then you simply just lay it on the grill rotated about every 20 to 30 minutes, just depending on the temperature of your grill. Or you can stand it up, you can hang it in a smoker, or it retrofits to a rotisserie. Those holes are offset for a reason, so that when it's going around front to back, it also gives it a warble effect if it's being used on a rotisserie. It's manufactured with all 304 stainless steel, 
So it'll last a lifetime. It is dishwasher safe, so cleanup is a breeze. Um, you can make a ton of different products with it. Uh, we've done grilled vegetables, asparagus, shrimp, cubed meats. Uh, we do one, we call it uh, poor man's burn-ins. Just uh, use your favorite dry rub on stew meat and smoke it low and slow so you get that same effect, nice tender individual morsels that come out perfect every time. Or if you're doing what you're talking about with the kebab, you fill it up with the proteins about halfway, cook it for 20 to 30 minutes or so to get the meat products up to the proper temperature, and then you throw your vegetables and fruits in on top to finish it off. And then that way everything comes out to the right temperature um, and it eliminates the cross-contamination. One of the big things with the barbecue can is that it takes up very little space on a grill. You can fit 24 chicken wings in the can. Uh, so you can have snacks off to the side if you're doing larger protein portions or something like that. That just saves a ton of space, makes it real simple, yet you get the nice barbecue flavor throughout it. Um, asparagus, like I said, chicken wings. Um, we've done a lot of different almonds, Chex Mix, different snack type things. You can sauce in the can. You can dry rub. Um, like I said, it cleans up real simple and easy. Um, being 304 stainless steel, it is dishwasher safe. So there's a ton of different uses. Um, can be used on any grill, any smoker, in the oven, and also on an open fire as well. So camping, different outdoor events and stuff like that. Let, let me ask you a, a quick question in regard, because you have the ability to hang it, um, you know, vertically, or you can lay it down horizontally, and as you said, every so often you got to be flipping it, or, or you can retrofit to that rotisserie, is there a way that you have found that the rotisserie overall produces better results or laying it flat and then turning every 15, 20 minutes produces better results? What have you found through your research? I've retrofit one of my large smokers with a rotisserie. Um, I would have to say probably 95 to 98% of what I do, it's laid flat on the smoker. I have both a Kamado style, uh, a pellet grill, um, one of your nice brands here on the screen, <laughs> and then also a drum, 55-gallon drum smoker that I use, and I've used it on all of them. Um, but like I say, probably 95 to 98% of what I do is flat on the grill. The only thing that I, in my mind I'm seeing as a potential issue is when you're packing, whether it be the wings or the meat or, or whatever, you uh, go ahead and season it up and then you throw it in the can you know, eventually these things are laying kind of uh, overlapping each other and the rub might be getting worn away here or there. Do you find that to be a case? Are you allotting for that to any degree? Yeah, I haven't had be a problem with the rub or the sauces coming off. Um, it's, you want to leave just a little bit of tumble room. Um, and that way, between that 20, 24 wings, depending on the size, you know, of the wings, sometimes you get larger pieces than smaller wings, larger wings, whatever it might be. Um, but we do a ton of meatloaf in it also. Meatloaf comes out phenomenal. Meatloaf? And you can pretty much stuff it full because when meatloaf cooks, of course, it restricts down and shrinks. So does the meatloaf end up tumbling into the into the can? No, not so much. 
The meatloaf doesn't. It's using it more like it's in a pan, but it doesn't sit in all the fat and ugly stuff that normally is in a meatloaf when you're cooking in a pan. So it comes out with that nice bark all the way around, and it gets a beautiful smokery on it if you're smoking. And obviously very easy to tap on it because you have all those holes in the can. Yep, exactly. The other thing that I thought of when you held it up, I was like, man, you could jam that thing full of wood pellets and have one of the biggest cold-smoking arsenals known to man. Has that ever been used before? By all means. I do it all the time. Wow. And thanks for asking about that because um, not only can you use the large one for that, but we're also coming out with and be launching it next (laughs) month. That's exactly what that is. Oh, specifically made for uh, smoking then. For smoking, yes. Wow. Um, and the nice thing with that is is it generates with the perfed holes and uh, the hole, you get airflow from all directions around it. And having a little bit larger hole diameter, these are 3 you get a lot of airflow, so you get a lot of smoke generation out of it. Yet you can still truly cold smoke with it as well. Brad Markson joining me here on the show. We're talking about the uh, Unkebab and uh, his uh, line of uh, grilling and barbecue cans, uh, all about BBQ. That's Q-U-E, all about BBQ is the website if you want to check it out. How often are these or how many versions are you going through when you think, okay, this is what we want to bring to market? How many prototypes and or you know what kind of a time frame do you look at from conception to actually getting it to market? I have probably about a year in the market right now. Um, I wouldn't say probably about six to nine months in the development process of it um, and then getting it through the the patent process. We're not all the way through it, but all the patents are applied for. Um, That's been going on for about the last six months. And we were under a provisional patent for the first year. Brett, I talked to a lot of folks that, are bringing their ideas to market and they spend a lot of time obviously there's a lot of money involved when you're talking about patenting things because you want to protect yourself make sure that you can go after somebody that might be making a me too product um, when they didn't have the idea in the first place do you find that maybe there was nothing like this at all and then all of a sudden you're bringing it to market and you find a lot of copycats just kind of throwing it up against the wall and seeing what sticks not yet i haven't are you there again? It's only been a year. Are you are you kind of re- getting ready for that? I mean, obviously that's what the patents are for, but typically you start seeing people just kind of come out of the woodwork. Sure, and that's one of the things in the patent process. You always have to be prepared because uh, my philosophy on it is a patent is only worth what you're willing to protect it with. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so talk to me about, you know, maybe an end game here. If you're a guy that likes to tinker with the fabrication and the engineering and stuff, uh, would you like to see this become like a, a full-time situation for you and having multiple products to offer into the barbecue and grilling community? Or would you like to get up to a certain point in hopes of, you know, let's say a Weber or a Charbroil or somebody looking to kind of buy the idea and the uh, the R&D off of you and they take it from there and they write you a big-ass check? Um, I'm in business to make deals. So if it meant taking it to market and running it that way, that's fine. And if somebody wants me to write that big check, that's fine also. <laughs> Do you have um, like a target? Would you like to get into more of the big box type stores just for sheer volume type of deal? Or would you like to stay online and that way you're not having to, you know, pick and choose 
I got to go big box or I want to go mom and pop. And so I'm able to kind of show people how these work. What's your uh, preferred line of getting stuff out to people? Eventually big box. Um, I've set the process up to where it can basically be ran as a virtual business. So from the manufacturing to order fulfillment, um, we can handle all of it all through the realm. Brad Marks and joining me here on the show. Brad, uh, Thanksgiving is next week. What are you going to be sticking in those cans? Uh, probably a lot of meatloaf this time. Always do a lot of snacks. Always have the bowl of almonds, mixed nuts, different flavors. Come out great, smoked up. Are, are you a coffee roaster guy? I have before, but I have not used this for roasting coffee. Um, typically, roasting coffee takes a little bit higher um, RPM revolution-wise, um, so it's a little bit different rotisserie system than a normal rotisserie would do. All right. Uh, in regards to products that you're offering now, obviously you said that the smoking can was going to be coming out here shortly, but uh, what other various sizes do you have for people to consume? I've done this one here, like I say, that's uh, nine and a half by four and a half inches in diameter. So you can do uh, between three and five pounds of asparagus. Um, it'll fit about a three to four pound meatloaf in it. Um, you can do the 24 chicken wings. So there's a lot of variants there. I have done a commissary version, which is eight and a half inches in diameter by 14 inches tall. For a lot of your big barbecue houses that do a lot of wings and stuff like that, it really minimizes their sous chef and prep time of ro rolling and turning wings on a grill or however they're doing it in that fashion. But taking it to market, it's going to be these two sizes right now. All right. You can check out the website, All About BB, and then Q, Q-U-E, All About BBQ. And if you're interested, go ahead and pick yourself up some. Uh, Brad, really appreciate you coming on tonight and talking about the Unkebab. And I wish you a happy Thanksgiving next week when you get to it. Hey, I appreciate it a bunch, Craig. And I also wanted to mention that we've got a big campaign fundraiser push going on right now on Indiegogo. And you can search that up on Indiegogo under the bar BBQ can. Um, and there's some great specials for the holidays and stuff. All right. They're available to ship. Make a great Christmas present. Sounds good. Appreciate the time. Hey, thank you, Greg. I appreciate the opportunity. You got and it. I'll get one of these in the mail to you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. You bet you, sir. There he is, Brad Markison from the Barbecue Can. All about BBQ, that's Q-U-E, allaboutbbq.com. And uh, it would appear that I'm going to be getting a can. Look at me. It's Christmas in November. Yeah, is, is 120 bucks a lot? I don't know. Uh... You know, for as much as I continue to probably disappoint Stephen Reichlin with my limited um, broad-scoped palettes, let's say, 304 stainless steel is, is expensive, um, but we'll see, right? If I get it, you know me, man. I'm going to use it. I'll take video. I'll let you know. I, I am a little leery about... Sticking twenty four wings in a in a can and you know just kind of flip flopping it, but I mean who knows? You never know. I have I do not have a rotisserie. I can tell you that. I can tell you that my dad has a Cook Shack smokette. That's right. Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you're a barbecue guy in the backyard or on the competition circuit or in a five star dining facility. 
Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, is the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoking grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue with a world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champs because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Moore. The FEC 100 and PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker or grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most bang for your buck. Cook Shack residential electric smokers, as I just mentioned, are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook on an oven, you can make in a Cook Shack, bottom line. Passion and dedication. That's right, passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the uh, at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit the website. I just mentioned it before, cookshack.com. C-O-O-K-S-H-A-C-K, cookshack.com. Matt, I might love to rust my rust or roast. We'll see. I like hatch chilies as well. Now I just got to get a rotisserie. I can get one. I can get one. They make one for my Weber uh, Weber Genesis. That thing might get relegated to being a rotisserie unit now. Who knows? All right. We're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Thanks again to Brad Markison for joining me last segment. All about BBQ QUE. John Dawson says, when I was a kid, my grandfather cooked chicken legs in one of these, and they were awesome. What is it? It's like a, a twirly basket. This one seems more open than the uh, the the this barbecue can. Similar idea, though, right? That wire basket. It's pretty cool. And he did heat, or he did chicken wings in those, or chicken legs, yeah. I love chicken legs. I love chicken quarters. Quarters might be some of the most underrated chicken ever. A lot of bang for your buck. One chicken quarter can typically feed one human, unless you're fat. Then you might need two chicken quarters, which is a half. Not well, yeah, the bottom half. Again, his website all about BBQ, and that's Q U E B B and then Q.
Well, I'm very excited. Get a barbecue basket. Maybe I'll take that barbecue basket and put it over the art flame and give the haters more ammo to hate. That's what I'm feeling. A little barbecue can art flame action. People hate that I have an art flame. Sorry. I like it. All right. We're going to step away real quick, get ready for the second hour. I may or may not be telling you at the top of the second hour about a grill cleaning servulous. That's not a word. I may or may not tell. I may or may not be telling you about a grill cleaning service. Immaculate grill. We'll see about that. Showing that the world is ultimately more lazy than we ever thought possible. And who thought about that after last election? And by last election, I mean Tuesday. Lazy. Wow. We might cover that too. We'll get you some World Food Championships results. That's done. I'm ready. You ready? I might be hooking up an interview with one of the youngest barbecue competitors ever currently on the circuit. 18 years old. He's competing. Why is he competing? He's 18. He should be on his phone looking at porno. That's what 18-year-olds do nowadays. I don't have it confirmed yet, but that's going to be in December. All right. We're going to step away here, and we'll be back in about one minute. We'll get into the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. Stick around. We'll be right back. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? <laughs> We have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what What? seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the, in the crackle. Hi, I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah. Rub that meat. Hi. I ran out of water. I had to run upstairs. Sorry. I didn't have the extra water bottle laying by my side where I can just refresh it right there in between first and second hour. E-gads. Dead air. Oh, that's the worst. Sorry. Very unprofessional. Still to come on the show tonight is Luke Darnell from Old Virginia Smoke. We're going to be talking about this very World Food Championships that has taken place over the last week. And then at 1035, Brian Dodd from Hoos Barbecue and Uni Pizza Ovens. U-N-N-I Pizza or U-N-N-I.net, I think, one of those things. Matt Boer is writing in on instant chat. I drove my little or I drove my little organic store that was advertising young suckling pigs for Thanksgiving. I'm scared to see what they want for one. 
I drove my little. Basically, you're saying that you're wondering what they're going to be charging. I'm not reading very well. You're not writing very well, Matt. All right. As I just mentioned, the World Food Championships is done. It's over. It's completed. Another seven-day journey in the books for Mike McLeod and gang. I'm here to report that last week, as you would recall, I pimped the Cowboy Charcoal Fire and Ice Contest, our very own centralite Sylvie Curry, took second place overall. Boom! Look at you, Sylvie. So congratulations to her for a job well done. Also, congrats to Jaina Todisco, or Todisco, depending on how you say it, from Amazie Q on winning it all. And I'm actually hoping to get Janie, Jaina, sorry, Jaina Todisco on the show next week. So working on that, I got some contact from the corporate folks over at Cowboy Charcoal. And they said that this is what we had going on. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I've pimped it for the last two weeks, the Fire and Ice Challenge, all that good stuff, all women, ten women. And my girl Sylvie Curry was on the show, or uh, we talked about her on the show last week. And I know she took second place, so you don't need to tell me. I knew it. Good job for Sylvie. Way to go. You did it. I think she got jewelry, too. Sylvie, you in tonight? You get jewelry? Here's your World Food Championships results. Final table. Nine people make it to the final table this year. Steak, seafood, chili, barbecue, dessert, recipe, sandwich, burger, and bacon. Those are your categories that make it in. 91, a score of 91 on the eat methodology takes the winner 90.75. So uh, uh, just a quarter of a point separates one and two. Almost 20 points separate, well, okay, not almost 20, but 14 points separate one and eight and nine. Eight and nine tied. Coming in ninth place, Bacon. Uh-oh, falling out of favor. Maybe finally bacon is on its way down. Oh, no. Say it ain't so, Joe. Burger, eighth. Sandwich, seventh. Recipe, sixth. Maybe I should be giving you names. Let me start again. Ninth place. Ninth place. Hello. Ninth place. Cuisine with Colleen Bacon. The Burger Dive Burger. Sweet M's, 7th place. Mary Kay Lang with Sandwich. Anthony Serrano with Recipe. Sisters Honeys is Yvette Ramen. That was Dessert. Old Virginia Smoke, Luke Darnell, comes in uh, barbecue in 4th place. In 5th place was Chili, Liz Kratz. 2nd place, Seafood, James Aptekin. And winning it all, as it should, right? Steak, Karen Luke. Way to go, Carrie. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, and that's why I want to sit here and tell you that once again, if you don't know who Carrie Luke is, barbecue competitor, Supreme. 
Barbecue won it again. Barbecue has the World Food Championships overall championship, not to be redundant, on lockdown, fully on lockdown. Whether the barbecue category is winning it or whether it's not, barbecue cooks are once again proving themselves over and over and over again that even if it's not barbecue that they are winning, a barbecue cook once again wins the overall World Food Championships. That being Kerry Luke. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. In the steak category. I don't think steak has won yet. So double bonus right there. So congratulations. Now, on to some self-promotional news, which is really not self-promotional for me per se. But you would recall that in recent months, Meathead Goldwyn is the second Tuesday of the month guest here on this show. And he had said somewhere around summertime, I think, that his book was like on the first half of the year bestseller list, but didn't know how it was going to shake out until we got to year end and if it was going to get that whole year nod. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you, best cooking, food, and wine books of 2016, making the list. And I'm not kidding, Meathead, The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. Full five-star reviews, 402 reviews, by the way. And as I'm quickly looking over a lot of these books, is this reviews? Maybe, right? Let me see. Um, Total of, I'm just clicking on any random book here. Yeah, 134 reviews. Uh, here's one from Anthony Bourdain, 51 reviews. Gina Homolaka, 221 reviews. Vivian Howard, 134 reviews. These are some big-name people. Alton Brown, you ever heard of him? 110 reviews. Also, uh, four and a half stars. Jeez, that's not good. Meathead Goldwyn, 402 reviews, five full stars. Look at Look at you. Mario Batali, far behind Meathead with a full four-star rating, one full star less than Meathead, and roughly 400 less reviews. Who's who's the Meathead now, bitch? You know what I'm saying? Come on, Meathead, look at you. In the number one ranked spot, and I don't know if it's number one or if she's just listed first, We've had passionate, intimate discussions about Food Network and uh, who would you marry on the Food Network. And a lot of you pervs are all about that fathead Giada De Laurentiis. And I have always maintained that if it came right down to it, if I had to marry and live with one of those women on the Food Network, hands down, for me, it's Ina Garten. She's listed first on the thing, Cooking for Jeffrey. It should be Cooking for Gregory, a Barefoot Contessa cookbook. She's on with Meathead, Best Cooking Food and Wine Books of 2016. Congratulations to show friend Meathead Goldwyn. And I don't care. Giada has a really out-of-proportion big head for her body, and I love Ina Garten. Book it. I know you're welcome on the show anytime. I would love to have a cup of coffee with you in the Hamptons sometime. I'll reach out. I love Ina. 
You're telling me you wouldn't marry her. You're telling me that? Come on, man. All right, let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show, Warcated and... Uh, Warcated or located in Warminster, Pennsylvania. The Barbecue Guru Gang, if you've been thinking about pulling the trigger on an automatic temperature control device, this is the one. They started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy from anybody else? I don't know. If you're a busy working pro like me or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands, and quite frankly, you just don't have that time to set around and tend to pit temperatures, I get it. The Barbecue Guru continues to monitor those pit temperatures after you throw on your pork butt or brisket or slabs of ribs or all of that stuff. You just get what you need done. The Guru's got your back. You got the CyberQ Wi-Fi model. If you like all smart devices hooking it up, you can monitor internal temperatures of meat. You can monitor your temperature of your pit. If you're cooking too fast, if you're cooking too slow, you can ramp up and down right from a smartphone or a tablet or a netbook or a tablet. I say tablet, a tablet. Or if you if you just need like a cruise control for the pit, a lot less expensive too, about 130 bucks. You can get the Party Q self-contained package. It runs on AA batteries. It can go from kettle style cookers to bullet style cookers to ceramic style cookers. So easy to use. Set the temperature and it's off and running. Not internal temperatures of meat, just your pit temperature. Maybe that's all you need. Guru's got your back. If you're in the market for a cooker, Onyx Oven continues to be a fan favorite, doing very well on the competition circuit and in the backyards. You know it's going to accommodate those barbecue guru potato control devices seamlessly. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to the website, thebbqguru.com, or if you have questions, call them, 800-288-GURU. So make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. We're back with Luke Darnell, Old Virginia Smoke, right after this. Stick around. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories, purveyors of made in the USA stainless steel barbecue lid hinges. Barbecue accessory hangers, rocket hot chimney grills, heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers. The fine products from Unknown Smoker Accessories. Keep your gear where it needs to be at arm's length and ready for battle. Visit unknownbbq.com slash shop today. Enter promo code REMPY for 15% off. That's promo code REMPY at unknownbbq.com slash shop. Do it. All right, I just talked about it last segment. The World Food Championships have just wrapped up. And joining me now is the fourth place overall at the final table. Wow. Are you kidding me? Old Virginia Smoke Pitmaster Luke Darnell joining me here on the show. Luke, how are you, buddy? 
I'm great. How are you? Absolutely fabulous, Luke. So is it like uh, an an incredible inconvenience to be pulled out of whatever festivities are going on to be on the uh, Righteous Barbecue Central show or what? Uh, You know what? It's it's an incredible honor. Um, I will tell you that I am slightly inebriated. Hey, you know what? That makes for a good show. Uh, Last time I checked. Just ask Lauren Hill. He was slightly inebriated when he came on about a year ago. So, uh, Luke, let me ask you, um, what, first, I guess, first and foremost, for the folks that don't know, uh, you know, World Food Championships takes place, started last Tuesday. It culminates, uh, obviously, today, so a week spans in between. When do you guys actually load in to kind of get that barbecue thing started? Well, actually, they had us loaded in on Wednesday. Um not sure why, but uh, everybody was here, and we had a good time. And, uh, you know, we cooked our normal KCBS routine on Friday to Saturday, and then we had the barbecue top ten on Sunday, and then uh, a day off, and then the final today on uh, Tuesday. So you cook your traditional or regular KCBS program uh, earlier in the week, uh, you know, Friday into Saturday. Um, from a you know cook's standpoint, as you recollect back on that, you know, anything out of the ordinary that you have to contend with, or was it just kind of cook as normal? Uh, well, it depends on who you talk to, and depends on where you were. <laughs> uh, what what are you hearing, Luke? What are you hearing? All around the world. Um, and we were next to, uh, we had, I have to tell you, we were next to the wonderful team from South Africa and, uh, those guys just, man, they have a great time. And, uh, are you still there? I'm here. I'm listening with bated breath. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My, my feet changed. Um, so we're, we're next to the South African team and they, those guys just, I mean, they've been here for a month and they're just having a great time. They've got a pet pig. It's phenomenal. Uh, right down the road is a team uh, called the Southern Dutch Barbecue Team. And uh, they were actually, we brought a cooker for them to cook on from Humphreys. And uh, so they're <laughs> they're cooking on our cooker, and uh, they're right down, the, I mean, they were literally three spots down. So, you know, we're meeting people from all over the world. Uh, we're right behind Lauren Hill and uh, the Smoking Hills and Cheryl Hill. And, uh, you know, we're just, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, this was a, this was a vacation trip for us. We were just down here like, never been to Alabama, let's just have a good time. Uh, you know, from a, I guess from a, a settings perspective, and, you know, you've traveled far and wide, you've seen a lot of competition settings. How does, you know, Orange Beach set up uh, compared to some of the other places that you've been? Uh, Orange Beach is fantastic. And uh, this was our first world food championships and everyone that we've spoken to that said that they've done this competition before they're like this is the best venue we've had by far they incorporated barbecue uh right in with the rest of their their uh chef station so we were all there we all got to see everything everyone got to come out and see the the craziness of all of our barbecue and you know it was really you know you're hearing the it's just this giant food explosion it's amazing i mean that's the only that's the only way i could really describe it it's just amazing to be around all these people so very cool 
Luke Darnell joining me here on the show. Um, so talk to me about, you know, the that opening barbecue round. Is it one of those things where it's kind of like a Sam's Club where you just want to get top ten so you can cook the next day? Or what's the, the mindset going into that initially? Uh, uh, the mindset for us going into that was um, we've never had a really great cook at a major event. And we've always had something major go wrong, and it's always hurt us. So we really wanted to turn in, you know, four great meats and really just say that we did it. And uh, we had no expectations of moving on. Uh, when you looked at the level of competitor that was here, you know, it was, you know, if we can finish in the top half of the field or top 20, that would be fantastic. And, you know, we, we had a really great cook and we, you know, we were very happy with what we turned in. And, and, you know, that was the first day. We had no expectations going into awards. So. When you get called in that overall top ten, you live to fight another day, does pressure ramp up on, you know, you and the rest of the team, or do you still kind of go in with little expectation in the second day to get past where you need to go? <laughs> well, we had this entire plan hatched that we were going to go to <laughs> – we were going to go to New Orleans. Uh, and have breakfast. You, you had other plans like a lot of people. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, that's what we were going to do. I mean, we were going to go have beignets, and then we were going to go to the shed, and we were going to have lunch. <laughs> and then we come back and go to the beach for a couple hours. So the girls, uh, I cooked with my wife, uh, Kim, and my friend Leanne, and they were both like, okay, you need to put down that beer. And we need to talk about what we're going to do. And this is where, and you're very familiar with this, uh, we always throw around the term barbecue family. And, uh, you know, this is where everyone stepped up and they're like, what are you doing? We, we were like, we don't know. You know, we're cooking on deep south smoker. Never cooked on one before. Uh, you know, you have two hours to turn things in and, uh, our friends uh, Brian Turner and Shannon Turner from Lovely Crew were like, we've got four Wagyu tri-tips in the fridge. Do you want it? And we were like, that's what we're cooking. And uh, so we got those from them, and uh, the girls set us on their mac and cheese thing that they do all the time. And, you know, it was, it was like, let's go. So we're cooking. We're not going to get beignets. <laughs> Fair trade-off, though. I mean, everybody wants to go to NOLA and you know take part in the fourth quarter or the, the fourth quarter, fourth quarter of the French quarter, depending on how many drinks you've had, I guess. Um, so you know, now you get to go second round, have a potential of you know winning the whole barbecue situation. I mean, very exciting, even though it's not NOLA, right? Well, it's very exciting, but at the same time, you know, you're cooking, you know, the top ten that was here. You know, I kind of felt like, you know, <laughs> when you look at the list and it was Cajun Blaze, those guys are amazing, amazing cooks. I mean, those guys make everything. You got Heath Riles, who's a world champion several times over. I mean, just makes food in the Memphis Circuit and Cajun. Yeah. Warren County, you know, Donnie's there. And Donnie, Donnie taught me more about barbecue than I've ever thought about. And, you know, it, it, and it's just, you're looking around, Mark Lambert, Patrick Banks, I mean, Mike Richter. 
these guys are – it's a barbecue Mount Rushmore. And, you know, we, and we don't have a plan, man. We're going to get donuts. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, you know, now it's uh, – and we're seventh. You know, it's we're seven points behind. And, you know, we're like, this is going to be cool. And uh, But at the same time, the biggest problem is both of the girls have flights at, like, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock on Sunday night. So they have to turn in and leave. Um, so that was hard. So talk to me about no. tri-tip, uh, Wagyu tri-tip, how you cook it, and I guess perhaps even more importantly, um, how, how are you picking out what you're turning in? Oh, man, you're going to love this story. So uh, we were told that all the Deep South, so everyone had to cook on Deep South, Smoker, and Cowboy Lump. And we were told that they would all be at 200 degrees. And when we got there, then we can do whatever we want to on the barbecue guru. And uh, so we were looking at the cooker when we get there. And the guru says 200 degrees, but the dial says 400. Oh. Uh, so we started thinking about it, and I'm like, and I, I went up to Randall, and I said, I was like, who was cooking on this uh, earlier? He's like, European teams. I'm like, dude, these things are set on Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> so everything was just Johnny Blaze at 400. <laughs> just rolling. And so, I mean, but it was the same for everybody. So, was, I mean, and, and it was actually advantageous that the cooker was a little hotter, you know. It was, but it was just kind of funny. It was like, okay, so now we're dumping this thing. It's not 200, and uh, you know, it's one of those things. You're looking at the at the top 10, and Donnie cooks on deep south, Heath cooks on deep south, and uh, we've I've never cooked on deep south, and I know a lot of other people have, and uh, you know, it was. It was kind of like, all right, let's just go, you know. And, uh, you know, we cooked a tri-tip at, you know, I, I wanted to start it off around 275. And I talked with a few people, and I wanted to get up to a nice medium and rare. And then I put a cast iron pan right down on the heat tube and uh, was just seeing how hot I could get it to try and sear these things off at the end. And uh, and that's what we did, you know. I'm I was standing there with my head inside of Deep South and grabbing this tricep and flipping it over with my hand. It was quite the scene. <laughs> well, I can only imagine. <laughs> well, you know, when you're not planning for it, what are you going to do? You got to you got to make do with what you got. So, once you get your turn in and they start going through, uh, and I have no idea how they call out. You know, uh, a little bit more familiar with how they're doing it at traditional barbecue competitions. When they get to reserve, and it's not you. Do you immediately go to we shit the bed and we're nowhere to be found here in the top ten, or do you think, hey, I think I just might have won this whole thing? Oh no! Uh, so they called top three. Um, all ten of us were on stage, and uh, they called Adam from Cajun Blaze for third, and everyone was like, okay, there was movement, you know, because there was major movement because it, you know, it. We knew it was combined score. No one was really sure how it worked. Right. And uh, Adam was called third. And, I mean, I had Adam's food, and I thought Adam won. You know, it was, he made this uh, 
this chicken dish. It was just, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was, it was good, and it was just phenomenal. Uh, so they call Adam, and uh, and then who was second, honey? Uh, Donnie Bray. Sorry, I got a little general. Yeah, so so then they called Donnie, and I just, you know, Donnie's over moved, and I'm laughing because we cooked right next to Donnie, and uh, Donnie made this amazing-looking uh, ribeye cat. It was phenomenal-looking, and he had smoke pouring out of that deep south. I'm like, how do you do that? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, that's funny. But I had no, at this point, even like, you know, I'm expecting someone else. I, I, it wasn't us. I mean, we had to jump, we had to jump six spots. And there's no way that's happening. And, and then they called and, and McLeod was like, now for the surprise of the evening, jumping six spots. I'm wow. trying to do the math. And I, I don't even get the math done. And he's like, old Virginia smoke. And, you know, it was just, uh, I, there's no other way to say it. it's a life-changing thing. <laughs> and not only is it six spots that you jump, um, you know, when we talk about finishing scores and uh, final scores in the competition world, you know, a lot of the time we're talking about half a point or a tenth of a point or thousandths of a point to separate reserve uh, to grand. Uh, you actually almost win by three freaking points. So you not only are you jumping six, but – you win handily when we're talking about points here, so that tri-tip had to have been really on point. You know, it was uh, really good, and I i mean, yeah. I'd be remiss with... I mean, it, we liked it, and uh, uh, Todd from Uncle Toad's was there, and he was kind of, you know, he was kind of my rock throughout the entire thing. Like, I would bounce things off of him, he'd tell me what I thought, and... Uh, you know, and also I, I talked to, you know, Chris Capel from Busy Pig, one of our sponsors. I'm like, what would you do on this? He's like, Calic, baby. Calic is what you do. And he, I was like, okay. And, and Danielle, oh, I can't even talk, can't even tell you about Danielle. Uh, Danielle talked to the girls through presentation. Mark Gibbs talked to me about cooking on the deep south and where the hot spots were and what I needed to do. Brian Turner gave me the meet. I mean, this was a this was a full community effort, and uh, <laughs> I mean, just just to put together the dish that we did. It, I mean, it was very simple. The girls made their lobster bacon mac and cheese, uh, and when they make that, it's it's pretty hard to stop. And you know, it and it was just it was like entering a different world. And but the sad part of that was neither one of them were here. They were both on airplanes. Um, actually my wife was in Atlanta, uh, watching on a live feed and, uh, <laughs> it's just crazy. Absolutely. Uh, Luke Darnell joining me here on the show, old Virginia smoke. Uh, so what do you get? A, is it 10 grand to win the barbecue? Yes. All right. So yes. nice, little, uh, nice little payday going there. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, also a deep South smoker. And some knives and a cooler. I mean, a bunch of things. It was, and I'm just sitting there, and people were throwing things at me. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, it was just one of those moments where I just didn't expect it. And uh, you know, luckily I was with a lot of great people. And uh, you know, Jared and uh, Suzanne Housing A from from uh, Insane Swine, they were with me the whole day. And uh, Mike Richter, Chick Swine, Bovine. Mark and Nikki from Serial Griller, 
Uncle Uncle Todd, Uncle Toast. I mean, everyone was there. They were there, and it was like one of those true barbecue family moments. And uh, it was like, man, you got to cook in two days, <laughs> you know, so against eight other chefs and other things. When you get to the final table today, uh, you finish fourth overall. So, I mean, this has got to be like, you know, the first and uh, right now the best World Food Championships whole Virginia Smoke has been a part of. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about fourth overall? And uh, I guess more importantly, you know, when you look at who wins uh, steak, I mean, great steak cook. But, man, when you, when you boil it back down, uh, Competition Barbecue has a lockdown on winning World Food Championships in some form or fashion, whether it's carrot cake or burgers or steak. I mean, you name it, they're winning. And, you know, it's – no one around here really wants to talk about that. Uh, so we'll I'll talk about it. Barbecue family. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's pretty funny. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just been, you know, we're sitting there today and Mike Richter came down and helped us because he lives right here. And, uh, and, I mean, we couldn't have done this without him. And But the Lukes were right beside us doing steak. And, uh you know, and so I come back from an interview, and Darren Morris is leaning on my cooker because he came down to support the loop. Yeah, and it's just like, wow, you know. And Lauren Hill is here. I mean, Lauren and Cheryl let us stay in their condo last night, which is right outside the cook site. I mean, just because they were just—I mean, that's when you talk about barbecue family. They're like, we got an extra bedroom; you should stay here and, and just chill and. Uh, you know, Kim left, my wife, uh, who is my right hand, she left on Sunday night before awards. And uh, she was back here Monday night. Wow. <laughs> we flew her right back down, and Mike Richter <laughs> picked her up at the airport. And, uh, you know, and I'm sitting around, and I have to tell you this, Greg, and I know it's kind of off subject, but I'm sitting around last night with uh, 10 other people that have won categories here. And we're right outside my rig in this in this cul-de-sac, and we're all at this at this restaurant, and all these people have won categories down here, and three of them had won the whole thing, and 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 Kim got out of Richter's truck, and they all started clapping. I mean, they were just so happy that she was back here, and it's I mean, it's really it was an emotional thing, and they were like they're like we're so happy you're here, and that just meant the world to me. <laughs> can't talk about it enough uh you can now call him the world food champion uh when it comes to barbecue fourth place overall wow old uh virginia smokes pitmaster luke darnell joining me here on the show luke really appreciate you making time out tonight for uh recapping this whole thing and uh continue my friend in your inebriation and i wish you nothing but success <laughs> and uh you know we'll talk soon i really appreciate you coming on tonight all right, Greg. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I really appreciate it. And now, now we got to pack up. It's the part they don't show on TV. That's right. Now you got to go home. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Luke Darnell from Old Virginia Smoke. Wow, what a story! Don't you love teams that are like, hey, guess what? Oh, we're gonna really try hard. We're making zero plans to have big success. And we're really hoping to go get some beignets after we get after we don't make uh, the top ten to cook the next day. 
We're going to go get beignets. No, no, you're not. You made top ten. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Gang, pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs the hassle? Might I strongly suggest a pit barrel cooker. The pit barrel makes cooking simple and fun, and it just might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that turns out great traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork shoulders, and ribs. can also ramp up and temp to do the burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. The versatility, all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places the food in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. Results, great tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. That's what we call consistency. Some of you have been talking about how do you fire this thing. I'm not sure. Blah, blah, blah. Let me help you. Lose the lighter fluid, folks, and check the guesswork at the door because Pit Barrel is now offering their new custom chimney starter. I said it. It holds the perfect number of briquettes. It's specifically designed to work with the size and the shape of the pit barrel cooker. So if you buy it now, you can receive $2 off your next bag of Kingsford charcoal. That's right. So now you don't have to be messing around with all this other hokey lighting the pit barrel BS. Go buy the brand new custom chimney starter that will work with your pit barrel cooker. And when you buy it, you get $2 off the next bag of Kingsford charcoal. That's awesome. So that's an accessory. Well, you know, they got other great accessories as well. They have the unique removable ash pan, the pit gip, the pit grips, <laughs> the pit gips. What are those? Turkey hangers, hinged grill grates. They got a full line of accessories that will really complete your pit barrel experience. The best part, of course, 299 bucks. The pit barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook on, and ships to your door for free. Not only does the cooker ship free, but with so few returns, everything they sell ships free at the lower 48 continental states. Every day, no promo codes, no promo code Rempy with coupon, nothing like that, just free. Don't take my word for it. Read all the reviews over at AmazingRibs.com. Head on over to PitBarrelCooker.com and see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos shot in that high def. Then pick up one or two for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, call them. 800, I'm sorry, 502-228-1222. 502-228-1222. They'll help you out. PitBarrelCooker.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Nobody loves pizza more than this guy. Well, maybe the next guest. But when it comes to eating... Look, you might not look it. I might not look it. You know, I'm not big and fat, nothing like that. But I can eat me through some pizza like you wouldn't believe. So, we love talking about pizza here on this show. We've held a number of different discussions with Meathead and other accomplished pitmasters. And we pick up the topic again here tonight. 
with a guy whom I've had the pleasure of corresponding with over these many years. In fact, his daughter, Kelly, was the first embedded barbecue show reporter that I've ever had. A few years back, doing interviews at contests with her dad, uh, who was a who is a pit master, by the way. Tonight, we talk some technique, but more about pizza cookers that he is selling. And here to talk about the uni pizza cooker is the pit master of Who's Smoking Barbecue, Brian Dodd, joining me here on the show. Brian, how are you, buddy? Hey, good, Greg. Thanks a lot That's, for having me. Yeah, you got it, absolutely. And, uh, Brian, let's go ahead and, you know, do the... Uh, background on you and barbecue and all that good stuff before we get into the pizza talk. Yeah, so I've uh, always been a, you know, an avid griller and got into barbecue about seven years ago. Uh, what my wife refers to as the most expensive yard sale find in the history of yard sales. <laughs> uh, picked up an old smoker and then got into the competition uh, stuff. So we've been competing uh since 2010, we do five or six comps a year, and uh, it's my daughter Kelly and and me, and we have a we have a good time with it. Every once in a while, I cook uh, with my good buddy Dan Hickson on Three Eyes, so that's a lot of fun too. Uh, the other thing that we're talking about here tonight, and I guess more importantly, is this uh, Uni Pizza Oven. And by the way, for people that want to check it out here while we're talking, Uni.net is the website, and that's U U N I dot net. So. I guess talk to me about uh, maybe, A, your love of pizza, how that translates to the grill, and then how the hell you even find this thing. Yeah, so what happened, um, I hadn't really even thought about, you know, I always love pizza, but I haven't thought about or tried to, you know, make it myself or cook it or anything. And then uh, my buddy Dave Pavone put in a big, um, you know, pizza oven in his outdoor kitchen, and we were playing around with that, having a good time. And Dave's actually the one that found it for me because I was saying, you know, I would love to do this, but I don't have, you know, an hour and a half, two hours to get, you know, one of these big pizza ovens up to temp. You know, I want to be able to fire it up, make some pizza for supper on a weeknight, that kind of thing. So Dave actually sent me the link. I did some research, had really great reviews, and I went to that, you know, uni.net site and I ordered one took a couple of weeks to get to me but uh it's been well worth it i really really enjoyed it and just totally got into pizza and making like like nuts i mean do it like two or three times a week now um so it's it's been crazy the last couple months uh when you talk about pizza and pizza ovens traditionally you're thinking high heat that eight nine hundred degree range and that typically at least from discussions that i've had with meathead here on this show is your like thinner crust, or I believe the proper term might be like Neapolitan pie or, or something along these lines. Uh, what do you think works best in the oven, and I guess what's your favorite? Yeah, so I, I do prefer that Neapolitan style, uh, you know, thinner, you know, high heat, and that's exactly what the, the uni set up to do. Uh, it's pellet-driven, and it's just, you know, really clever design because you've got a pellet hopper in the back, you get your fire going, And then the smokestack is all the way at the front of the oven. So it's drawing that flame all the way across the oven. So you've got, you know, in about 10 to 15 minutes, you've got a stone that's around, you know, 9 to 950. And then on top of that, you've got flame coming right over top of your pizza. So you've got a great crust from that pizza stone and then, you know, just a really – 
great finish on your toppings, you know, with that flame just being dragged across the, the length of the oven. Um, it's, I mean, it's really a fantastic piece of work. Now, you've got to be, you know, it's just like any cooker. And, and that's why I think a lot of the barbecue folks will find this really appealing because, you know, it's, it's a little fly-by-wire. Um, you know, it's not a, you know, turn a dial and forget it type of thing. You've got to, you know, manage your fire particularly if you're keeping it going for a while, doing a lot of pizzas, uh, you know, you've got to be on your game with the fire management. Um, and it also cooks very fast. I mean, a pizza in 60 to 90 seconds uh, is, is pretty much the norm, kind of depending on how thick you make your crust and how many toppings you put on, that kind of thing. So, you know, you throw it, it's an active cook. You throw it in about 15 seconds, you're, you're turning it, another 15 seconds turning it, you know, making sure, uh, you know, that part of the crust right by the, the the pellet grate is not getting getting burned and you're getting a nice even cook. So it's an active cook, but it's really, I mean, short and fast. You talk about hot and fast. This is this is it. So as we're kind of taking a look here on the, the video screen side, obviously for the people listening audibly, you're going to have to go to YouTube or get my video uh, after the fact here. But uh, it looks like it's all stainless steel construction, and you can see where the pellet hopper is in the back there, and then obviously you have the exhaust at the front. And as you said, you can see that fire kind of swooping up to the front and then exhausting out, so you do have that top-down cooking. In regards to the pizza stone, obviously this is something that is uh, affording itself to be uh, heat-resistant, uh, like from cracking and stuff like that, but uh, it never gets hot enough to where it's uh, like cooking the bottom quicker than the top or anything like that? No, I, I haven't had that experience. Um, you know, it's to me, it's it's always been a very even cook. Um, you know, but again, you've got to make sure you know you're managing your fire because you you need those flames coming out. Um, at the same time, you've got that hot that hot stone. Um, so I haven't had that experience. Uh, to me, it's a nice even cook. Uh, but, you know, again, it's just, you know, managing your fire. You've got to keep that, that hopper fed. You've got to keep the pellets going in there. Um, you know, usually if you're going to run into any challenges, it's going to be by like your third, fourth pizza where you need to make sure the pellets are dropping, they're feeding, uh, you know, the stones come back up to temperature, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I, the, the other nice thing about this is, you know, for those that can see the video, it's very portable. Those legs actually collapse. Smokestack comes off. Pellet hopper comes off. All fits in a bag, and you know it's like a 20-pound piece of gear. Uh, I took it to a, a barbecue comp about three weeks ago, and I think we cranked out about 12, 14 pizzas <laughs> over the course of an hour. You know, just hanging out on Friday night. I mean, it's it's really great, and it, it can handle you know a lot of production like that. Um, you know, we usually do three or four, you know, for the family on a on a weeknight kind of thing. But it can, you know, you can really do a, a proper party with it. Uh, Brian Dodd joining me here on the show. He's the pit master of Hoos Barbecue. But we're talking about the Uni Pizza Oven. That's U-U-N-I dot net. Already a lot of people here in the instant chat saying that they might have an idea what they're getting for Christmas this year, Brian. So that's good news. Uh, the picture that we're kind of seeing now or the freeze frame that we're seeing now is obviously the fuel center for this oven. And you're filling it with wood pellets. That's a little bit different than what you see out there right now, especially those that are a little bit more popular with uh, charcoal and wood for the kettle-style grills. If you have uh, pellet access, looks like you just drop a couple handfuls here to get it started, light them up, and then you're kind of off and running. How do you build the fire up, and how do you maintain it? 
Yeah, so there's there's two ways. The method I prefer is you you load that um, you load that that hopper or the the grate with pellets. You slide it in the in the oven. You drop your pellets into the hopper. Get that about two thirds the way up, and then I just use a little uh, plumbing torch and just fire. You know, just throw that torch on there for about 45 seconds to a minute, and that really gets those pellets cranking. Um, and that's how you get up to temp in about 10 minutes. Um, I've played around with it. I've used, um, you know, just the, the Weber starter cube in the pellets, get it going, uh, then add your pellets in the hopper. And I've found that takes a little, little longer, more like 15 minutes to get up the temperature. So, you know, I just keep the torch out with the, uh, with the pizza stuff, throw the torch on it for about 45 seconds, uh, you know, and that just gets those pellets good and hot and uh, fill that hopper about three quarters full. And as the pellets in that grate burn, those pellets in the hopper will drop down. Now, I will say for a longer cook, you know, if you've got this thing going for like an hour, um, you know, what I, I do a little, you know, wrap on the grate, little knock on the hopper, maybe poke the hopper, make sure the pellets are, you know, feeding properly. Sometimes you can get some creosote up in there and it'll kind of hang up some of the, the pellets. So, you know, you want to make sure, uh, you know, that hopper is, is feeding the pellets for a good sustainable cook. Uh, you know, I've actually weighed the pellets out and to do a four pizza cook, it, it was about a pound of pellets. Um, so it's pretty pretty darn fuel efficient. Um, I currently use the Uni uh, pellets, but uh, you know I've used uh, Traeger and and you know that's that's been fine. So um, you know it's it's got some nice versatility. So as you're looking at it here, and again for the people that are be able to see the video, you can really see this fire kind of rolling out. The pizzas obviously look great. Uh, you know, uh, one thing that uh, I've always found is you see the guy in the video, he's he's pretty experienced. So, you know, your first pizzas might not look as great as you're kind of ramping up on that learning curve. But uh, is there a way to control the heat at all, or is that stack just fully open and you need that draw in order to achieve those temps? Yeah, it's – so there's like – three settings like you know blazing hot you know crazy hot you know like super hot um the only way to to really control it that stack stays wide open the whole time the hopper uh you it does have three settings and i usually run mine on just the lowest setting and that keeps me right around 900 degrees um i've taken it up to the second hopper before the second uh, level on the pellet hopper, and I did record 990 on the stone with my my laser thermometer. Wow. So you know it just it's just really hot, Greg. I mean it's not it's not a lot of a lot of dialing in a certain tip. I mean it just it's just hot, and you got to be on your cook. But it's a fun cook. It's fast. You know you're very involved in it. You know you you don't have time to you know do anything except pay attention to what you're doing. And you're absolutely right about the learning curve. You can, you can burn, you're going to burn your first couple. Uh, one of the questions that I'm getting in the chat room here makes sense to me is because it's so hot, because the cooking time is so quick, sausage or chicken or, you know, some of the more robust materials that you might be building your pizza with, you want to pre-cook those first and then you're just kind of getting that reheat on the outside then? 
Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I always do. Like uh, I've done like pesto and shrimp. I've done uh, sausage. Um, I did a did a chili dog pizza over the weekend, Ooh. which was amazing. Uh, and I did just use plain raw out of the package hot dogs, and they cook just fine. But uh, most of your your meats like that, yeah, for safety, I would just pre cook them, throw them on there cold. So I do for hamburger. I do a cheeseburger pizza. Um, that's awfully good. I stole that one from uh, what is that? Diners, dive in, drive ins, and dives. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ketchup and mustard for the base. Hamburger, onions, and cheese, and it's uh, it's pretty darn good. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Uh, all right, Brian. So let's get down to business here. Uh, are there multiple sizes? Is this the only unit? And then, if it is, uh, price points and uh, like anything special that you might be looking to do tonight. Yeah, so it, there is one size. This is the Uni 2S. So this is the, the second model, and the S is uh, where they added the stone. The, the the baking stone did not come with it before, but it comes standard with it. So the price point is $299, uh, which is a super reasonable entry point, I think, for what you're getting. Um, and that includes the stone. That also includes a pizza peel. And Uni has very graciously thrown out an offer that's going to be good from tonight through Thursday for the Central Lights. And if you go to uni.net and you buy uh, an oven, and they will give you throw in the cover for free, which is a really terrific deal. That thing sells for $37.50. It fits really nicely over the oven, really well made. And the other cool thing about it, it doubles as a carrier. So you just reverse the stack sleeve and the whole thing, you take it apart, you can set the whole thing, and it becomes a carrying bag to take that thing with you. So there is a code, and the code is Wood Fired Radio. And so what you need to do, you go to uni.net between now and Thursday, you buy the you put you buy the oven, you buy the cover. And it'll ring up thirty-seven fifty. But when you put that code in at checkout, it'll discount the price of the cover, and you're getting that that cover for free. All right, awesome. So that's almost a forty dollars nice. discount. Yeah, that's very nice. Uh, so uh, we appreciate that from Uni. Uh, again, the website uni.net, and uh, check that out. Promo code is Wood Fired Radio. Uh, Brian, you know, for for a similar temperature type of a situation, uh, you're probably importing from Italy. You're probably talking thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars there's a uh, a pizza place if you ever get into cleveland uh, next time we're going to go to uh, citizen pie out here in collinwood and they this guy imported like a 15 or twenty thousand dollar pizza oven obviously people at home probably aren't going to do anything like that but you know the, per, the traditional forno ovens that you're getting in from Italy. i mean these are thousands and thousands of dollars yeah i mean this is this is a great price point to be able to cook at that temperature um, you know, I mean, I've looked into putting the stones on my grill and that kind of thing, but I, you know, you just, you just can't get the temperatures and you certainly can't get that flame over top of your, your pizza. I think that's, what's really unique about the design on the uni here is you've got such a nice portable package uh, and it's a decent sized pizza. I think, you know, it runs about a, you know, 11, 12 inch pizza you can make, but you know, you make like a eight, nine inch pizza for every member of the family. They can make whatever they want on it. You're just cranking them through that thing, and, uh, you know, it's just a, a fun time. And uh, one that I think is just, you know, really reasonable for the price point. If you're looking for a pizza oven, this is the one you want to check out. It's uni.net, U-U-N-I.net. 
And don't forget, uh, you put in the oven, you put in the bag, and then you enter promo code Woodfired Radio. They'll discount the bag as well now through Thursday. And we're talking with Brian Dodd, pitmaster of Hoos Barbecue. Brian, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks a lot, Greg. You got it. There he is, Brian Dodd. Remember, do you remember Kelly Dodd and Reddit Reporter getting interviewed? I mean, they did a lot of Mid-Atlantic stuff. And uh, she is now getting ready to graduate from college. What? She was like a sophomore in high school, I think, when we started doing that. Where did six years go? Holy moly. So if you're looking for the pizza oven situation, that might be something you want to check out. You're saving 40 bucks on the bag, so that's good. Again, you put the pizza oven in the bag in the shopping cart and then entered wood-fired radio, and then you get that 40 bucks back off the bag. Thirty-seven fifty, almost 40 bucks. All right, folks, the CHOPS Power Injector System is something I need to tell you about before we take off here tonight. It's the 2015 and 16 Barbecue Tool of the Year. It comes in three different sizes, the half-gallon and the one-gallon. Both are holding tanks. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go. They come with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. The half gallon's 100 bucks. The one gallon is $120. You pay shipping. The other one, the Chopsful Power Injector System, the electric and commercial competition Big Daddy. Not a holding tank, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube. You can put in any size container, from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was designed for Chef Rob. At one of the best barbecue restaurants in Kansas City, he said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, and a needle protector. $325 bucks plus your shipping. Here's the thing. We live in a foodie world. you got to get flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. It's not just for me. You can inject alcohol into fruit. Every injector hand-assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. They got the accessories if you want them. They got a great way to make your CHOPS power injector system bulletproof. Metal needle adapters. You're going to want to check it out. CHOPS power injector systems. Give your barbecue some power. The website, barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, barbecuekansascity.com. All right, we're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Brian Dodd for talking about the Uni Pizza Oven once again. That special, if you go to uni.net, U-U-N-I, uni.net, uni, you get the $299 uni S2, 2S, sorry, 
And then also put in the bag slash cover. It's $37.50 U.S. And then as you get ready to check out, use promo code WOODFIREDRADIO between now, which is Tuesday, and the end of Thursday. So two days, and you'll get credited back $37.50 on that cover. So it's like, you know, $37 discount. There you go. Uh, net. All right. That's going to do it. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Stephen Reichland about Thanksgiving stuff as well as some other items. Then we talked about the barbecue can and the unkebab. All things BBQ. That's all things BB and then QUE. All things BBQ. Check that out. Second hour, Luke Darnell from Old Virginia Smoke. That's right. He won the World Food Championships on the barbecue side and then came in fourth overall at the final table. Barbecue Cook's dominating World Food Championships over the years, no doubt about it. And the streak continues again this year. Carrie Luke wins on steak, but she's a barbecue cook. And then closing out the show, Brian Dodd, Hoos uh, Barbecue Pitmaster, and Uni.net. Distributor, UUNI.net. Buy the pizza oven, add the bag to the shopping cart, and enter fire uh, enter woodfired radio dot uh, enter promo code woodfired radio, get that $37.50 back. Very nice. Alright, well if you get the pizza oven, I want to see it. I might actually get it myself. I like good wood fired pizza. My family loves that. I don't want to spend five thousand dollars on an oven, so three hundred bucks seems better. So I might get that. Uh, the new Tower of Power is under construction as we speak. Thanks to my man Kevin from the Dakotas. People live in the Dakotas, believe it or not. It happens. Until next Tuesday, when we'll see you again, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.